Welcome back to the Core EM Podcast. Core content for anyone, anywhere, and just in time. This is the official podcast of the NYU Bellevue EM Residency Program. This week in conference, we had a couple of short, hard-hitting lectures on renal and GU emergencies, and I just wanted to hit on some of the big take-home points from these. The first talk looked at the acute scrotal pain patient. And we can often split this into non-traumatic and traumatic causes. And for the purposes of this podcast, we're going to focus on the non-traumatic side of this. The most common etiology of non-traumatic scrotal pain is epididymitis. The classic things you see here is that there is tenderness of the testicle, but it's only over the epididymis. Patients usually don't look to be in a considerable amount of pain, and there's not going to be a terrible amount of swelling. There may be some over the epididymis, but not much otherwise. In addition to that, patients are typically going to describe a more indolent onset of symptoms. It may have been two or three days before they actually present to the emergency department. Now contrast the most common cause, epididymitis, with the most dangerous cause, and that's testicular torsion. We spend a lot of time talking about torsion, although we don't see it very frequently, and this is an organ-threatening disease, so that's why we focus on it quite a bit. Patients with torsion, unlike epididymitis, are typically going to present with a pretty swollen, tender, and high-riding testicle. They'll have an abnormal lie. So instead of lying in the vertical plane, they'll lie in more horizontal plane. And these patients typically have a little bit more of an acute onset, although you can't simply bank on that to make the diagnosis. They'll typically describe the pain as pretty severe and sharp, and it's not typically going to be on and off pain, although there are descriptions of intermittent torsion in the literature. When you examine these patients, they may have an absent cremasteric reflex. This is where you stroke the inner thigh and the testicle will rise in response. But if there's a torsion, that may be absent. The truth is that while we look for all of these features on the history and the physical, the absence of them doesn't necessarily rule out the problem. So if a patient comes in with acute testicular pain, we want to assume torsion first and then work backwards. Even if the testicle has a normal lie, even if there's a cremasteric reflex that's intact, we can't rule out torsion. And so if we suspect it, we want to get a urologist and or an ultrasound to see if we can make the diagnosis. Now, we have to remember the other side of this as well. If the patient has a good story for torsion, a supporting examination, but a negative ultrasound, that doesn't rule out the diagnosis either. The ultrasound is not 100%. Sometimes the patients simply need an expert urologist to see them say, you know what? I don't care what the ultrasound says. I think this is a torsion and we're going to go to the operating room for an exploration. Getting the urologist to bedside is a critical step. So if you have a patient where you're really concerned that torsion is the diagnosis, call the urologist early. Don't wait for the ultrasound to get that call in place. Have the consultant see the patient and then determine whether you have torsion and need to go to the operating room or you don't or you're not sure and you need to get that ultrasound to see what's there. This is a tricky diagnosis. And so the patient is best served by having that urologist see them early to make a determination of which diagnostic pathway makes the most sense. Larry Mel has a great article on this topic about the dogma associated with torsion, about the things to look out for, and we'll drop a link to that article in the show notes. While epididymitis is the most common cause of acute scrotal pain and torsion is the most dangerous cause, we also want to think about referred pain in the non-traumatic acute scrotal pain patient. These are things like renal colic, pretty benign, not that big of a deal, and then some bad things like aortic dissection and AAA. So always keep these in mind when a patient presents with scrotal pain. 
The second talk looked at common vascular access emergencies in patients on hemodialysis. We discussed this topic not that long ago. It was in podcast 92, and we're going to refer you back to that one. But here were the take-home points from that podcast. Number one, on any dialysis patient, make sure to do a good assessment of their access site. If it's a fistula, assess for a thrill, for any warmth, induration, or erythema, and make sure they have distal sensation and perfusion. If it's a catheter, evaluate for any signs of infection. So we're again looking for warmth, erythema, or discharge. Number two, bleeding is a big concern. If the patient is bleeding from the access site, start with direct pressure to the bleeding site, then move on to topical thrombotic agents, and if needed, you can throw a figure of eight stitch with a 5-0 proline on a non-cutting needle. Number three, peritoneal dialysis patients are at risk for bacterial peritonitis. If a PD patient that appears affected presents, get a peritoneal fluid sample and start antibiotics. And finally, number four, dialysis patients are susceptible to dialysis disequilibrium syndrome, which can present as altered mental status, focal neurologic deficits, or even frank coma or seizures after dialysis. Make sure to consider a broad differential in these patients and start with a solute load such as an amp or two of D50 while starting your workup. Finally, we hit on acute kidney injury. Now, obviously, this is a huge topic that we can't possibly cover in this short podcast, but I want to highlight one of the causes, and that's post-renal. This is typically urinary retention, whether that be due to medications or anatomical obstruction like an enlarged prostate. Over the years, I've seen a number of patients presenting with lower abdominal pain and AKI, and it was thought that the patient had an acute infection or was septic. It wasn't until a CT was obtained showing a huge bladder that the cause was found. So what do we do with that information? Ultrasound is the answer. In patients with lower abdominal pain, get your ultrasound and check the bladder. I don't simply want a bladder scan because those things can be fooled. I want direct eyes on the bladder. If it's big and they can't pee, drop a Foley catheter to relieve the obstruction. This is a quick fix and prevents excessive workup of patients and therapeutics. Oh, and you know, it makes the patient way more comfortable. Second is to do a renal ultrasound, meaning kidneys and bladder, in all patients with an elevation in creatinine. I found urinary obstruction this way a number of times preventing the CT scan or preventing us from going down the pathway of other causes of acute kidney injury. I found a couple of patients with solitary kidneys, some abscesses, as well as some large obstructing stones. Use your ultrasound. It's cheap, it's fast, and it's non-invasive. Let's hit two take-home points before we wrap up this week. Number one is suspect testicular torsion in any patient with acute, non-traumatic scrotal pain. While these patients typically present with acute onset of severe pain, a high-riding testicle, an absent cremasteric reflex, and an abnormal lie, don't bank on any of those. If you have a suspicion, get your urologist, get an ultrasound, and move forward with a diagnosis because time is testicle. And then number two, in any patient with an elevated creatinine, patients with lower abdominal pain, get your ultrasound out, take a look at the bladder and the kidneys to see if they have obstruction going on. This is an easy thing to do, and it's often missed. That's all for the Core EM podcast this week. Come on over and check out the site at coreem.net. We've got a ton of great core content emergency medicine. We'll have a core post up on Wednesday and a journal update up on Thursday. Don't forget to check out our Facebook page, follow us on Google Plus, and on Twitter where our handle is at core underscore EN. Thanks, and see you all next week.